Good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of the Sports Bible Podcast. I am your co-host, Robert Green. Here with me is my buddy, Richie Dornis. How are you today? It's basketball season, boys. Yes, it is. As I'm wearing a baseball hat. What an incredible, beautiful summer was... Uneven for the podcasters of us, but you know, we're gonna get we're getting rolling from where you know the Celtics started. We're not gonna start out with the NBA, we're gonna talk a little bit of baseball because last we talked was the end of September. A lot of things have happened before the uh choked on a tootsie roll that, including Aaron Judge making history, including the Celtics losing their coach, who all I did was praise on this pod. You praise his coaching, not his uh... (laughs) – he's got some questionable decision-making. Yeah, unreal. You know, I'm still shocked by that. Uh, Some other different things happened with my team, but I'm not going to yap, of course, as long as I usually do. This is a holiday for me, Christmas morning. All I have is the most wonderful time of the year stuck in my head. I can't believe it's finally here. I knew it was going to fly by, but I really can't believe it's tonight. So it won't be a half hour rant from Rob today. It'll just be catching up. And me and Rich are excited to be back. And of course, I'm the happiest man alive. Basketball is back. We got my team in Philadelphia tonight. Um, Tipping off the season. Our New Jersey's. Then we have Golden State hosting the Los Angeles Lakers for ring night. Also, speaking of Golden State, um, we saw Jordan Poole get mauled publicly since we last spoke as well. <laughs> we'll get into that, <laughs> we, too. We will ca- talk about that. Um, But, yeah, tom- tonight it's just these first two, and then the whole slate opens up tomorrow with the Knicks, Grizzlies, and Suns and Mavericks double header but let's get into baseball the new york mets 170 plus days in first place i'm sorry rich you know not the final week and a half or two weeks we expected especially from the offense especially really you know the wild card series as which for those not watching us on youtube is tightening up his sweatshirt with his beautiful mlb hat but it was a tough time, and now you have the worry of Jacob DeGrom, and you have to hear the outsiders talk a bunch of nonsense about Scherzer, but, you know, we're in New York, no blame, and it does, you know, I don't know if you agree or not, but I'm sure, you know, it is accurate for people to be saying, should we have paid a 37-year-old this much money for this many years? Uh well welcome to the show guys it's been a couple of weeks and I'll before we get into what my thoughts on that uh which is I've heard that uh that's not the first I've heard of that but make sure you subscribe to us on Sports Bible Pod everywhere TikTok Instagram YouTube uh yes sir get the fourth one what's the Twitter there we go I always forget it <laughs> um Instagram you know where to find us uh thank you guys for this ride it is officially this is our first opening night so you know. By the time this comes out, it's going to be around game time. So this is more for the Wednesday slate. Uh, but 
Uh, I also have some big news at the end of this podcast. So if you just want to hear my big news, go to the end of this podcast and I will tell you. <laughs> uh, but if you want to hear us ramble about Jordan Poole getting slapped, then keep listening. Uh, but we, start with, with we're almost a year in too. If you've December, noticed I believe I was in yeah. that corner without like, I still need to get all this fixed. So you guys don't have to see my paint and a, a, a party table. And a leaf, not a, uh, like the leaf you put in the tables, and a fan. We have one fan at least. Damn, that was bad. That was a bad joke. Uh, I remember sitting in my room when we were on anchor, screaming at my mobile device, bro. just pay- getting into it about the Suns, getting into it about Kemba Walker being benched in New York. I remember, I remember having this mic, and then because we weren't on on uh camera yet, I had a mic. And I had your voice on Anchor and cutting it. I had to cut out half of my audio because I would get the audio from Anchor and from uh, my mic. Now, we are still sponsored by Anchor, as you guys hear before we uh, hosted this podcast. But, you know, now we're we're getting a little more involved to trying to get more consistent to get, you know, the viewership that we know and love and want to engage with you guys. We talk about that all the time. But to get started with the Mets, you make the point. Uh, with Max Scherzer, I don't believe these last couple starts define who he is. I don't believe he's playing hurt like some people think because of his oblique. Like, you know, maybe he was nagging him, but at this point, everyone's got injuries. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, is looking back, it feels like that Brave series took everything out of the Mets, like the one they got swept in. It just felt like it kind of sucked the life out of them. Mm. Um, I will say this though. Scherzer and Degrom did Degrom did not pitch well in the Brave series, but he pitched fine in the Padres series. He six innings, really two runs, eight strikeouts. He was yeah. fine. Garrett Cole was getting praised for that the other day, which he should, because Garrett Cole, I, I don't like the word hate. I hate the Yankees. That's very he well documented. Be, I'm a Mets fan. I'm supposed to hate the Yankees. He'll be coming out of the bullpen later too, for sure. Uh, uh we'll see about that. He threw 110 pitches. Like, like, yeah, his arms probably see, hanging, but I'm sure you saw the report that like, you yeah, know, like they're open to it. But now that yeah. with the extra day rest, that'll help. Maybe I mean they got guys. You know they use they they use their closer in emergency situations in the playoffs. But you know that's not my team. Whatever. Um, <laughs> my take on it though is with the Mets and Scherzer is it's a bad start. It just happened at the worst time. Like. And like they did not come up clutch. That's this the period point blank in the story. But how come when Max Fried and Spencer Strider on the Braves over there get absolutely shelled by the Phillies, who we owned this year, who I I'm actually I actually rooted for against the Braves, so that worked. But how come they're just how come it's the format with them and the Dodgers? Why is it the format's fault now? No, beat the team. You're 14 games better than like we should have beaten the Padres. Like yeah. we were favored. That was like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start making excuses for the mess. They didn't play well. They didn't hit. They didn't the whole ear thing with Musgrove. Whatever you want to make out of that. Yeah, and it did look shiny. It you know, did. Nicole. I'm like, yo, there's something on that dude's ear. But yeah, you know like, what? No, no top tees either. And like, I don't mean to sound like you know Don McGregor, Evan, and the rest of. WFAN, but it's like, you know, you got the experience. Of course, it was a hell of a fun year for you and the rest of the fans. It was a disappointing ending. 
you know? Yeah, and like this was this was fun, especially with how recent years have gone since 2015. 24 but, win difference. How about that? And, I would I will say though, it is a disappointment. It is it is a failure because you didn't win. But yeah, that's, that's how it should be. Say, that's like, the standard now. Win the World Series or bust. Yeah, and I don't mean to sound like you know the rest of the media, but it's like this nah, did seem like a in conclusion a big waste of time. But besides, they did get plenty of experience, and it's just obviously the definition of a flat out huge disappointment first and foremost. And also, I don't like when Mets fans say like this is the most miserable I've been ever as a Mets fan. Like this is the worst. Like no. Like, 07, you choked and didn't make the playoffs. 07, in 2022, we choked and made a wild card round, which 101 wins in a wild card round is just honestly kind of bad luck. But at the same time, like, it's not like we fought with the Braves. Like, we had opportunities to put it away, and we didn't. Yes, I say we. I don't say they. Um, We've talked about yeah, but That's valid. You know, the like Mets – Everyone loves contact and not striking out, which is great and all. But in 2022, you need power. You need you homers. Do. I mean, Lindor hit 25. Alonzo hit 40. I know they're trying to prove a point now in LB Network that they lost the trade to Cleveland, but I'm not even getting into that. And like um, everyone, everyone's hating on Vogel back a little bit now too. But they don't understand. Like This is what I don't get. Canna is not enough for you. Brandon Nimmo is not enough for you. Vogelback's the opposite player. He's not enough. What do you want? Not everyone's going to be Aaron Judge and 62 freaking homers. And not everyone's Pete Alonso. There's a reason why teams are built certain ways. The fact of the matter is it came down to the three starters and two of the three did not pitch well in the playoffs. If one or two, one, if Bassett or Scherzer pitches well, we might still be talking about the Mets playing. Because you're, yeah. you, you throw your cards in the deck with the Dodgers, they choke too. Dodgers look worse than the Mets, to be honest. And Chris Bassett, who did nothing but you know really impress, he was fans. phenomenal all year. And he just <laughs> yeah, and it's disappointing. It really is. And who knows if he's coming back? I will talk about that on my big news later. Uh, but you know, like it is what it is. Like it's over with. Is it dis- You can think it's disappointing and not think this team sucks. Like they don't suck. You win 101 games, you're gonna have two, probably top seven or eight, I would say, MVP candidates. Hell of a manager. Hell of an owner. He's probably going to be manager of the year for the National League. I mean, I think American League's got to be Tito. It's got to be Francona. It was – I thought it would be the guy from the Orioles, but one won the division, one didn't make the playoffs, and at some point the Orioles, while it's a success, Cleveland was supposed to have like 70 wins, and they won 90-something games, and – won a playoff series and possibly two, depending on tonight. Uh or right now actually, seven minutes they start. So I'm Shout saying out. that they, they might win this game before you even read it. Or they might Shout lose out we'll out to Cleveland, your um, city, your your soft spot for Donovan Mitchell. Your, your did, dog. Did you see Donovan Mitchell went to the Cleveland Rays game and then he went to the Mets Padres game that night? Dude, with the Cavs? We know <laughs> we know he's you know how many times on this pod did I say he bleeds orange and blue and he embraces it? And oh, loves- he loves the Mets. Like, I, I, I'm cool. I'm, I'm over him not coming to the Knicks because after the price that it went for, you know, it is what it is. It's just weird that everything seems to syn- synonymize. 
That's not a word. Everything seems to coexist with me, with the Mets in New York, and then Cleveland. Like, and, Donovan and Mitchell wanted to be a Nick, but he ends up in Cleveland. My favorite football team is the Browns. So I get all that. I get every, and it's all like a big mixture. It's weird. It's, Lindor got traded from Cleveland to the Mets. Like, it's mad weird how it all goes hand in hand. It's like me when, you know, when I'm actively rooting in hockey. And, you know, the postseason and the NFL. And I, you know, it's Washington's out of it. The Devils aren't good. I'm rooting You're for the Browns. You're a commander. Taylor Heineke. Don't, don't feel bad. The Browns look – the Browns defense looks bad. Listen, but... pal. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, – I, I have one thing to say, and the entire – you and the entire audience know what I'm about to say. Even <laughs> – for probably almost a week now. Like the NFL has completely left my system in general. I've been waiting. We know what today is. We know what today is, baby. And we're back. We got we one going on. If you guys couldn't tell, but, Rob's a Celtics fan. That's a nice hoodie, by the way. Do they have you, that in Knicks? Yeah, if you probably go to Fanatics or the Nike site, I bet they do. I like yeah. I like the I like white hoodies. I don't know why. Well, I'm not one for them because I'm a big slob, but like, and I did have an accident with this one already, but I cleaned it. Put, put, it. put a napkin on them like you're 85 years old. But yeah, now, <laughs> now, I mean, hopefully DeGrom stays and now Yankees fans are on the edge of their seat for the past 24 hours. And from now, I, I don't seven, know what's going to go on with judge. I With DeGrom, I, what I'll say I'll be disappointed if he leaves, especially if he goes to the Braves. But he's not going to leave and it be the Mets' fault. Like, and the money's not going to be it for him. If he leaves, it's going to be because he doesn't want to be here anymore. And you know what? Like, I can't get mad if the guy, like, like the guy's given us nine of the greatest pitching, the one of the greatest pitchers. He's probably second, in my opinion, in the Mets' history to Seaver. But, you know, I think if it's true that he doesn't want to live in New York, which he's been adamant, though, that he wants to opt out and stay in contact with Steve Cohen and the Mets, and he has. Billy Upper spoke about it the other day. Then he's probably going to stay. Free agency is a weird world, though. We saw what happened with Freddie Freeman last year. That's why I'm telling Yankees fans, be careful when you say he's a lock to come back because money talks. It's different for DeGrom. DeGrom's gotten a contract already. DeGrom already got a second contract, so – He's just looking to cash out right now, and no one can pay him more than the Mets. And I'm going to, you know, this is like the best day ever in sports and the best time of year. You ain't going to Red Sox. No. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, well, first of all, did you see, I wasn't going to say this, but did you see when they last played um, in Fenway and they were like, the reporters were like, how would you like to, you know, play? Maybe I did bring this up. One of our last episodes, I doubt it though. They were like, "How would you like to play here?" That uh, you know, next year, and he was just like, "Oh, like he laughed." He's like, "We'll talk about it at the end of the year." And then SNY that? judge SNY. Tweeted, oh, I saw like, that. He was like, "Yeah, they got great fans." SNY <laughs> was eating it up. SNY was like, "Yes, he's he, leaving he, the Yankees." <laughs> he's not going to the Red Sox if he no. if he went to the Red Sox. That would be the most historic change, I think, 
ever. Because when Babe Ruth played, I, th- I, not many people like there was no Twitter in 1907 or when did he play the 20s? I, I'm bad baseball when it comes to that. Sports journalism started. That's what I learned. When yeah. Um, but when it comes to that, yeah, I don't Degrom like it's up in the air. That like there's a lot of the Mets have a lot of free agents, but let's not forget we have the richest owner in baseball by a long shot. So things could happen. If we lose the Grom and trade for Shohei Otani, sorry, Jake. And not for like speaking on him. Well, when I was gonna say it, like I was more so describing Judge, but and I this is why I said I don't mean to factor in that much a human relation when it's like the best time of year in sports. Unbiased. Yeah, it's the best time of year, the best time for base for sports. Yeah, and like. You know, this is Christmas to me, but yeah, I'll unbiasedly say it. But it's like another thing for Yankee fans that they should factor in. And, you know, the other side of it, the pros is like, of course, you know, he knows it's the greatest organization ever. He knows how the fans are. He knows how the press is. But yeah. it's like and he's, he's done well handling it. He he. I just want to factor in. He hears the noise. He heard the fans in June and July that were like, Ship him for Soto, or like we'd rather have Soto than a thirty-year-old. Yeah, and they're and they're booing him now. Yes, I didn't even say that. I forgot about that. Like Mets Guys fans were... boo Mets fans booed Lindor last year because of the contract. They booed Conforto last year in his contract year. Uh, they've booed Beltron Piazza. They didn't boo Jacob Degrom. You know why? Because they're afraid to lose him. <laughs> yeah, and like not for nothing, they didn't boo Lindor and all those guys two days or X amount of days after they were just all over. Oh, no, it took like, like this year in May, Lindor was hitting like 220. Like he still didn't get going yet. And he was getting booed. May yeah. is what, 40 games? Aaron Judge has played, hit 62 home runs, which is the American League record. You want to talk call it the real record? I'm not getting into that with you. Um, yeah. Not you specifically. I'm talking about, you know, everyone. No, I agree with you. Uh, well, regardless, <laughs> it's 62 historic. He's going to win MVP. Yeah. He has played. Two games. What was that? Four four games. He hit a home run last game, but I know he's like one for 12 or whatever, or like seven strikeouts. You're going to boo him? Are you trying to get this guy out of town? And not for nothing, dude. This is this is the new Jeter of their fan base. This yeah. is the new of their like, generation. Like, like, I think Alonzo's the new David Wright. Like, if I'm the Mets, I'm I signing mean, Alonzo this offseason, like to a 10-year deal. Yeah, like I would do that, and like with Judge, it's like you know class act. Um, yeah, he's everything. He he's he's everything, and like he doesn't you know he never has anything negative anything. But like, yeah, what I just said you know a couple minutes ago, it's amazing. Like you guys are cheering for him, going nuts. Like they're in this whole you know historic tour, but then he strikes out. One postseason game, and it's let's yeah, rain. He's, he has like six strikeouts. And say, it, it, like, it's a rough stretch, definitely, but should not be getting booed, especially in the playoffs. What do you think about Bob Costas doing the games? How do you think he's done? I feel like announcers sometimes fans get too uh, emotional about. Like, he's calling the game. I, th- I think the memes are funny, though, when it's like Bob Costas is like, there's a UFO in the sky, and Aaron Judge hits it, and then it's like Ron Darling. That's a fastball in the corner. Like, I think that's funny, but when I'm watching the game, I'm tuned into the game. Like, I'm not worried about what the announcers are saying. Like, 
especially in the playoffs, like the the crowds into it like that. Uh, that I think it's a little overrated. I mean, I think a good broadcasting crew can make a bad game look good, but in the playoffs, like it's you want your best crews there, obviously, but at the same time, like it's the play on the field that's going to do it for you. Yeah, like, I mean, it's a home run. If you remember the call, yeah, he got like criticism for it. And, but I think broadcasting is great. Like I think GKR, Gary Keith and Ron for SMY are great. Donner Sill is great. I like the Miami guys, to be honest. Uh, Cleveland's got great guys. There you go, Cleveland. I should basically live in Ohio at this point. Um, but I think people just try to scrutinize them for no reason. Bob Costas is a legend. When I hear his name, I think baseball documentary. But when, when, when I hear him talk, he, he's got that documentary voice. Yeah, he does. And I, I think of Jordan's balls a lot, too. But to your point, I mean, like, you know me, I'm a freak in this field. So, yeah. When I'm, you know, the Celtics first two games in June in Golden State, I'd rather Mike Breen had COVID. I'd rather be Mike Breen than Mark Jones. And like, like tonight, I'm praying Kevin Harlan does the game. You know how he's my favorite, him and Reggie. You don't know it? It should probably say it. I bet it does, but I haven't looked. The uh, the one thing I will say, though, I don't like – like, if you want to be – like, I think Michael K is a little boring, but I actually thought he was very good when he was doing a non-biased game, like when he was not when he was doing uh, Phillies Cardinals. I no, thought he was very good. He, I'm just tired. Like, did I ever tell you the story, Adam? Like, it was no. – when I was a diehard fan, not a long story – was at the Cheesecake Factory. I think I told you how I'd go to Camden Yards more than the Bronx because how much cheaper it was. I was in like sixth grade. Yeah. Me and my close family. You, you take a train. Home. You take a train there, right? It's like a two-hour, three-hour drive, too. It's really not yeah, bad. I, I enjoyed Baltimore when I was there. You stay in the Inner yeah. Harbor. It's yeah, nice. I remember you talking to me about it. It's beautiful. And great food and stuff, too. Yeah. And the sports fanship is amazing. And – so I, we walk in the Cheesecake Factory. We stayed right by, yeah, Camden Yards. And I just say to my friend John, and I'm like a little kid, um, Posada shirt on. I was just like, dude, that's Michael K. And I, <laughs> I was – My dad met him too. He was like – I was kind of just like this, just like getting his attention uh, to my friend John. And then I went up to him. And I asked him to sign my back. It was like some mediocre pink panty signed my Posada shirt. And mm. I was actually real. This is the one moment, I guess this was the light bulb for me, where like I wasn't like I felt like I was having a one on one like conversation where we like connect like me and his field connected. Like I was ready yeah. to just if this makes sense, I was ready to just speak. It. And I was just like, I was like, yeah, like I, it was dude rain delay. CC pitched a gem. It was like 15 to three, A-Rod Grand Slam. You know, obviously more Yankee fans there, just like everywhere else and annually there. Um, but I was like, I hope it doesn't get rained out tonight. And he was like, Yeah, I know. And he was he's a real good guy. And he's noticed my tweets before too. Yeah, um, he he's active on social media and that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, like he'll say, said my name and he's great guy. But to your point, like I, I am tired of him, especially I love his show, but I, I'm tired of the announcing. And, you know, him and Kurt, Kurt Schilling had something to say about his call for it. And, you know, Kurt is Joe Red Sox. But, um, yeah, I mean, 
I just love Kevin Harlem. I love uh, Mike Breen, Van Gundy, Jackson, Richard Jefferson. With all know. due respect. <laughs> you see that Twitter account? Yeah, it's I kind of dream. I'm like, what the Do you but, did uh, you have you seen the real quick? Have you seen the Hubie Brown one? You know who that is? I've, I've heard his name, but like I probably couldn't face the name. He's like the 80-year-old dude that always has um he's a Hall of Famer played before. He always does it with Ryan Rucco, pretty much. And I like Ryan Rucco. The guy in yes. He, he's he's replied to my tweets too. He's like, thanks, my dude. Like I've tweeted to him on NBA Christmas Day, but uh Hubie Brown, like he'll just be like, now here's a guy like kind of like the Collinsworth, but like in soother terms, he'll just be like, Yeah. All right, like he'll he'll be like Duncan Robinson will catch fire. Like he'll describe weird that I thought of him first, but he'll describe his form and like the way he plays. And there's a Twitter account for him. So that's what made me thought of Hubie Brown. And he was describing um I forget so I might have been Blake from Boston. Yeah. Um yeah, so that's uh that's baseball talk. Uh you know, it's postseason, the Yankees are starting now, so as Rob goes into his Celtic spiel, I will update you on the game. I'm not going to give a full play-by-play, but, you know, I'll do my best Michael K impression. Uh, but just to end my point on... Oh, God. Just to end my point on uh, broadcasting, though, I think they can make a game better, but I don't necessarily think they can make a game worse. I just don't like when they're biased. Like, ESPN is criminally biased towards the Mets, and especially when they play the Braves. It, it's like... Michael Harris, this was Fox actually, but Michael Harris caught a ball. He misjudged it. Center fielder for the Braves. He went back first, came in, like did a little slide. You would have thought he just laid out and caught it with his foot. I'm like, oh, like, dude, he misjudged the ball. Like that, that, that ball's got to be caught. But regardless, I I like unbiased, unless it's the Mets, of course. I'm gonna like the bias against the Mets, but I like unbiased. I like exciting. Like I, if you're a local. Oh, there you go. Stephen Kwan singles first play of the game. Um, if you're a local announcer, root for your team. You know, like if you're Gary Cohen for the Mets or Don Arcello for the Padres or Eck, I know Eck just retired, but Eck for the Red Sox. Root for your team. It's exciting. If they're watching that broadcast, there's a good chance they're a Red Sox fan or a Mets fan or a Marlins fan or a Padres fan. So root for the team. It makes it more exciting. It makes it feel more at home. Boy, do I wish... Um, that you heard Tommy Heinsohn before he passed away. <laughs> uh, so I think I've told you about him a little bit. Remember, I think I told you about him on here. Remember, I said the dude who said about Baines in the shower. Sure, I think so. <laughs> he was like being weird during a preseason game, the very first preseason game with Kyrie. He was like, I saw Baines in the shower, and he like told the story. Yeah. Do you, um, you want to get into some basketball talk now? What do you want to lead off with? I guess I'll talk the C's real quick. So, Alrighty. <laughs> smile. So, last we talked, Robert Williams was ruled out um, after that procedure for his knee, which, you know, we had to expect at some point. It was a blessing for him during the finals run come back in a matter of a couple weeks only missed two playoff games when like we thought, like we said on the pod last year, um, that he's coming back in the conference finals. 
Uh, so something, obviously they lost their coach as everyone knows <laughs> on yeah. real situation, more things are going to come out by the day. And the more they do, it's kind of weird. Um, because it's just like little and little information. It's going to, like I said, it's going to be more and more, the more it's reported between Shams, Woj, Chris Haynes. Um, and as we did see reports and fans like us as, as well, uh, teams, if he's able to coach after the season, which as of right now, the last word we heard about him is it was just comments towards the female staffer that made it weird. And it, it was his comments. So the Celtics will put out themselves throughout the season, you know, like I said, more information. And that'll determine whether teams could have meetings with him, you know, next off season. Cause there's going to be a bunch lined up, obviously, as we know. I just saw uh, fit with one, fit can one, coaching. Can I fit one thing in? Yep. Do you think he will ever coach the Celtics again? No. Okay. And I, if at the time I probably would have told you, yes, like there is a chance, but the people think he's like, it's over the more and more the days go on. Yeah. And Stephen A actually just said today on first take that he thought that Boston was afraid that he would have went back to Brooklyn. So that's why they suspended him instead of fired him. But no, something that serious of a manner. I mean, even if it's not technically illegal, it's still in the workplace. Yes, and, and and obviously, like, you know, people were like, WTF, um, this happens and it doesn't come out. And people were like, why? Like, why was this public? Why was this a thing? And, of course, fans like myself within the organization were like, ah, you know, it's always something. We talked about the Gallinari real quick. We talked about yeah. the Gallinari thing. You know, when me and you worked that day, I talked about it last on the pod. Um, but go on. The one thing I will say, the complaint that it came out, what he did. If they just said Ime Udoka suspended, that's it. They just said that. What would the reaction be? Why didn't you tell me more? Yeah. And like, you know, like the whole thing with the Knicks, and it was – like it was th- disgusting or whatever they said that they didn't allow like media for Jalen Brunson to sit down. When you allow them and they say the wrong thing, you attack them. So you know what? I don't blame the Knicks for what they did. I don't. Yeah, and um, there's gonna be more press conferences in the future. There will be. You don't gotta talk to them fresh off for a contract. You don't. As much as I want to be in the media, there are times and places. Yeah. We know, you know, we've learned. <laughs> like I, I, I get the whole want to get a line for the fresh off emotion thing, but at the same time, you'll get more educated answers if you wait. You, you'll get less. You'll get honestly a better shot of getting a real answer because they have a better shot of processing it all than you get something overblown or even something super politically correct because they don't want to say the wrong thing. And then you get then you get either everything or nothing rather than a steady educated answer which is what we at this point with twitter and everything that's what fans want fans don't care about like the headline because they know that twitter is just gonna snap it away anyway yeah and it's just everything's taken out of context like yeah look at 
look at NBA Central, for example. I oh, mean, yeah. Like it's things are said, but you're completely taking something out of a huge. Yeah. And like that's, and I don't fault any of these companies for doing that. It's clickbait. That's how they get people to get their views and, and read their stories. But you can do that without tearing someone down. Yeah. I mean, two different things, though. Like, plus an email to your point. But no, I see what you're saying. And, I was just saying how like oh no I, I was just making a comparison with how the media want how people yeah. in the media want they want the one negative. thing until they don't get it well yeah. they, they don't want one thing until they don't get it and now they want anything they hear it's like that's it Yo, yeah of course and me and you have you know seen the pros and cons and we know what to do and not and we have a big educated cap in this you now and we're only growing and getting better by the day but so. Yeah, really a rough uh, last month leading into training camp for Boston. The Danilo thing, um, the E-May thing. And at the time... And Rob Will. Yes. At the time when that happened, I was... I don't want to say devastated about E-May, but like very, you know, annoyed. Just thinking Shocked. like... Yeah, it's just like the Danilo thing. Rob was just labeled out four to six. That happens, and it's like, all right, dude, why? Like, why do we need this happening to us? These circumstances, which I'm used to, these bad luck situations, like I've told you in the past, and I know other Celtic fans are too. Why is this happening? And then yeah. a couple of days later, oh, Rob's out eight to twelve. They want to hold him out longer, probably January. And when we did our predictions, he was my defensive player of the year. He's not anymore. But um, there is a bright side. Preseason began. Training camp began. End of September. They brought in the interim head coach, or they made him interim head coach, Joe Missoula. Missoula had something bad happen to him also in college. But he has some experience, Fairmont State, D2 school, coaching there. Played at one of the Virginias. I forget where. Um, But what Boston loves about him so much and why, like, they moved on in the blink of an eye. My thing when this happened was, like, oh, great, media day is Monday. And this really has to be the narrative entering it. And it really was. Like, that was a big question to all our players. But – Missoula, Joe Missoula has been there since 2019 when Kyrie Irving was on the team, when Jason, Jalen, Marcus were babies with Al Horford. And he's also coached the summer league team. So he has close ties with Pritchard, uh, Sam Hauser, Grant Williams, all them. So they all love him. They all, you know, they all have faith. And of course, when Boston had their emotional press, when this happened, or presser, everyone's like, Brad, are you coming back? Are you coming back? And he's like, no, <laughs> that that would be a what's that term? An impulse decision. It's just like it's a year in. It's there's just no point. And like he said it himself, he's like Joe is the best decision for this by far. Right so now, Brad knows, yeah, Brad knows what we don't, and he looks like he's just he's only thirty four. He's a young guy. He's saying all the right things. He looks like he knows exactly what he's doing in the scheme of things with the core players and yeah. how close he is with them and. The rest of the roster, you know, the kids, like I said, from summer league, just coached a summer league team this past summer. But 
Yeah, so they moved on fast, and things are looking good. And the Missoula era begins tonight. Uh, like I said, Rob, hopefully he's back. Shams reported uh, this morning that it could be closer to the second half of the year, but they're hoping Christmas time, January. Danilo, you know, he's just taking it day by day. He wants to come back in the playoffs, of course. Yeah, I wouldn't bank on him, though. Yeah, and even what, if he comes back, is he going to have an impact? No, just stints. Yeah, like he's sure. like he's not like a like his role on the team. I don't want to say easily replaceable, but it's um like you could probably figure out what to do with it's, your roster before then. And not for nothing, I'm gonna say this real quick before I counter that point. Who was it, Rich, that you said going through power forwards and centers? Who should Boston sign when we lasted the pod? I said Rob Mello. <laughs> when Rob was out four to six, I so said Mello. It all this, <laughs> this ties together. This ties together because I said to you, I was like, "All right, we're kind of the outsiders are overvaluing." And I talked about one of the Celtic writers who I'm friends with that mentioned it. They're overvaluing Gallinari's. And what he brings opening night, baby. Let's go. So happy. Yeah. Anyways, what he brings, they were, yeah, overvaluing it. And people, I said this to you, people, the Celtics big gas and, uh, you know, who's had a lot of spot spotlight this summer for summer league play and like how high they were on him internally at practice and stuff. Is that kid Sam Hauser going into his second year? That kind of looks like Hayward. Um, I, I said to you, I was like, he could play Gallinari's role, just a standstill shooter, uh, shoots the lights out, especially if he plays with the starting five of Bay, he'll get a lot of open threes. So he can play into Gallo's role as the 10th man. And out of those forwards, front court guys and centers that we named, I'll tell you, I've been, you know, since we signed him, I've been trying, I didn't go back and look. I've been trying to remember like what I said when you brought up Blake. I think I was like, ah, I'd take him. But you said, what about Melo? I said, Sam Hauser. Like I just said, he really is gelling into what I said about him. I think him. what I said about Blake Griffin was that his game was very different than Gallo's while Melo's was closer to Gallo. But I think Blake. He's improved vastly defensively. Arlie's like he looks like like he tried like he he looked like he gave a damn in Brooklyn when no one else did. Um, yeah, the one game. Against, yeah, like, uh, but I just think with him, like he's a it's a good pickup. Like I, there was no reason for him to be a free agent. There's no reason for Melo to be a free agent. Next, <clears throat> um, flash you. Yeah. Uh, but do you hear what I said? Oh, I thought you said thanks. No, I said Knicks. <laughs> I said Knicks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, now now it's the end. Yeah, I I said it to you. I was like, they have no interest in Melo. They're looking forward to Hauser's growth. Yeah. So you could have Sam blend into those 10, 10 minutes, and that forward that we're mentioning, they signed Blake. And it took yeah. some time after we did that last pod, but I was scrolling – on Twitter early in the morning. And then I just see a Woj tweet and I just jumped when I saw Boston Celtics agree with forward Blake Griffin and why he's a better fit than Mello and why I like it better than Mello, of course, along with anyone else with the Celtics is, or anyone else's opinion with the Celtics. I'm sure they agree with mine is 
he's a lot more versatile and can play the five. He's not the greatest of defenders, but he's capable. Yeah. Capable of, you know, that activity down on the low block. He could block here and there. He could rebound in his one game. He played with us the last preseason game, seven and nine in shortened minutes. He hit a three. He looked very hesitant. Or two, the first preseason game he played with us too. He was just signed too. He's still getting used to everyone. Yeah, and it's just the thing about him that I love so much is again the versatility, how he could fit in, and um, you know that's something Carmelo didn't have. I was preaching to you how you definitely could not play him with Gallo if Gallo didn't get hurt. But dude, he is fitting in like. Everything he's saying is just so beautiful. Like, he's just like, you know, the maturity of this group. Everyone's ready. Everyone's locked in. You never have to question that. That's something I've never dealt with in my past groups. Like, everyone is just set on the goal and locked in. And then, dude, at the Met Gala, having fun with the guys, him and Noah Vonley messing with each other. He's going to Jack Harlow concerts with Grant Williams. Peyton Pritchard, the three of them best friends, Malcolm and Jason went with them and they're going to Oklahoma football games. Like Peyton and uh, Blake were good friends in high school. And he's, I'm seeing tweets that are like before preseason games, like he's making friends with Grant Williams, like messing uh, with him in the locker room. Like he's been there forever. Like it's real. And what if I said to you a million times that I love for us to add OG vets who have been there, who could be a voice yeah. And now you got Blake Griffin, Al Horford, Malcolm Brogdon, and Danilo when he's back. That is beautiful. So, yeah, preseason, um, really, it's just they really look beautiful, man. They really did, especially the first game against Toronto. Um, first thing I'm noticing is how much more simple Brogdon makes the offense look from – if he doesn't have an open three, and like I told you, him and Danilo shoot high, close to 40 from outside. If he doesn't have the open threes, always attacking the paint, always trying to swing and push the ball, make a play, nice passes, or he's just attacking the basket. And he looked very quick. And he's really just looking like the piece that they missed in June against the Warriors. Two-way point guard who I've said to you a million times can do it all on either end. Um, Score multiple different ways. But – the standout thing to me has been him. Jalen has been, per usual, looks like he's ready to take another leap. Um, always starting out the year well. Amazing. We saw his 46 in MSG last year. I always bring it up to you. He was like 22, shooting like 60-plus percent. His percentage just really through the, through the roof in the preseason, and he only missed like 20 shots. He didn't miss much. Derek White. Um I've been telling you how he's going to be more comfortable this year. I wrote a big story on it, and it really came into fruition with his preseason performances. Uh, he started most games with Rob out the whole first half. I expect them to start him at the two and Malcolm come in. Him and Grant really lead the second unit. Um, That's what I'm expecting. And like I said, 10th man, you have Sam and Blake, even Luke Cornett a little bit split it up in the front court. Grant Williams, uh, they must have said to him after the finals, you know, you got to work on more things than just your three-point shooting because he disappeared. He's looks like he's got a game off the bounce now, showing his improvement. He's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. Hopefully we bring him back. But, yeah, I mean, it's Sam Hauser. Again, It's he's just 
playing into exactly what me and the rest of the Celtics fans thought he would be just a standstill shooter that, and his praise has been through the roof, dude. Like it's not even just like, like Derek white, uh, and Tatum or like, he's the best, he'd arguably the best shooter I've seen. <laughs> and like, he really doesn't miss much. He had like two games of like four plus threes, multiple, like 20 plus points a couple times in the preseason. He's showing he's ready and he's all this work in G league main and the summer. And it's one of the Celtics writers, Brian Robb from mass live tweeted, uh, you know, at the end of this preseason, we might be wondering why Sam wasn't playing in the finals. But I have an update: three really nothing Yankees. Jim Carl Stanton just hit a three-run homer. Spot on first. He was due. I was saying that the other night when he hit it. I was like, he was due. Yeah, it's, for, it's the first inning. So or the other day, actually. But yeah, that's really, you know, my rant. My two favorite things is just the way Hauser looks good. Uh, Malcolm really just is a beautiful fit. And I'm just so excited for Blake. Like, his just presence, and he doesn't even have to play much. And big week. Besides Philly tonight, we're at rematch at Miami Friday. Um, But that's really it. I mean, dude, I was ranting about your Knicks. You want to talk about them first, then I'll tell you my opinion on them. Yeah, I don't uh, take much into account for the preseason. I think just like I said just now, everyone's healthy. Um, that's what matters. Um, but um, besides that, I don't – the Knicks, like Brunson had a couple of good games, a couple of bad games. Barrett was consistent. Randall wasn't turning the ball over. Uh, the bench kind of struggled, which is a little nervous for me, but it's also – it's preseason. It doesn't matter. Um, tomorrow night, Memphis we got, or tonight – They'll probably you guys are most likely listening to this. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on the Knicks though? I don't really have much that I, I think their roster is good. I think Grimes isn't gonna play tomorrow, but we'll see. You know Rob Perez on Twitter, and like he is like the biggest Nick fan ever. Yeah. And I've just been agreeing with everything he's saying. And whoever is close to me is gonna listen to this and be like, Oh, well, you got Brunson in, in your fantasy league now. It's I mean, dude, they, they what did they need that we've been saying since we've done this? Point guard, just any type of point guard. A playmaking point. And it's like he does a lot of things. Like he could he's the main ball handler. He's gonna get like five or four assists and rebounds plus. He's gonna put up, like we said, 20 plus points or close to it. So he's not like um, you know, he's not going to be a superstar, but the all-star potential is there. And he's a great point guard for what you guys are trying to do in the future. And it's just, if they can make shots around those, around their big three, they could be a surprise. Like they could be above a plan. Like, but I, maybe, I think they can be better than the Bulls. Yes. Charlotte, Bulls, Indiana. I, think, um, I I changed my standings. I think Charlotte's gonna be the worst team in the East, but I I'll I'll agree with you there. I'll take because that agreement. Indiana's rebuilding, but they got Halbert and they got this guy. Uh, what's his name? Matherin. There you go. I can never say his name. Uh, they got him. So like, they got some guys that are playing inspired. Charlotte has so much going on. They got a new coach. It's um, just Terry. 
It's it's just like Bridges. Well, Lamello, big, but he's hurt now. Yeah, so Bridges is a big loss in the East that got a lot better, and you're losing 20 points in a potential all-star. You got a new coach. You got no defense still. You got a Terry Rozier show, my guy. That's about it. Has him and right he's now. he's inconsistent. So, like, <laughs> well, he can't be your number one. Yeah, he's not a star. And that's and Gordon the, Hayward, it's his health for him. Like, yeah, and we'll he's, he's already hurt. And, like, I, w- I would take that agreement, but it's just if Evan can make shots, if Cam can take a step, if Obi can t- continue to make highlights, like, if they could make shots around these guys, if Quinton can make shots. I think Grimes is the X factor. Yeah, like, if they can make shots around them, low playoff seed uh, or above a play-in, I think their over-under win total is, like, 38 and a half. I would take they the over. 30- yeah, they won 37 last year, of course. Like, you got – Brunson is the main ball handler. He could score. Like, he does a lot of things to make life easier. Barrett doesn't have to be out of his comfort zone and do too much. He could just grow steadily. Julius, year for vengeance. If you could hit shots around them, they could really surprise. Like, it's – The Bulls are shaky. Washington, Orlando. Just the Bulls, Uh, like – What's crazy with the Bulls that they literally did nothing? And we have talked about the Lonzo thing, yeah. It's and, you're just relying on those wings. You know, everyone called uh, what's his name because uh, a couple of extensions have been signed since this. Since we've talked, everyone talked about uh, Brunson being overpaid. Well, I was actually gonna we we have talked about it in the past, and I was actually well, we don't. I, I don't up, think like, he's overpaid, but I'm saying like people have spoke about that. Yeah, and he's. It's not like he got a max. Like what he got twenty five plus. Like it's no brainer, and he's young. Like it's. Did you see the DeAndre Hunter contract? Did you see the Kevin Porter Jr. contract? Exactly. Although a lot of that's not guaranteed for Kevin Porter. It's like a weird incentive-based deal. Yeah, it's smart because obviously of the the issues he's had off the court in the past too. But But what has he done on the court to warrant? I mean, (laughs) he's got a lot of promise. He will be good, but it's just he just has to be more relaxed and more focused on his job off the court is the biggest thing. Like me and you used to talk about him when the issues were still going on last year. And yeah, I mean, Nick fans are smart enough to know you're not getting a superstar too. You're getting a potential all-star that's going to run the offense and make life so easy for their core. And Mitch looks good too. So it's like, if you, if they're shooters like Evan, you're the face of this. If you can make shots around them and bounce back, like he's just over. That's I was listening on Bill Simmons. They're like, you know, it's amazing how like you guys gave him 70 mil, but he didn't, he wasn't worth the first. And like, he also is a type of guy that's like, if he's making like six mil and it's like, Oh, you got Evan Fournier on the bench. Like he shoot 40 from three. He's not like bad. I think it's just like he's the money. Yeah, yes, and it's smart. Like you need all the shooting around them possible. And yeah, Brunson cool. shoots a high percentage. He shoots fifty plus, and he he's could. Aggr- score he's aggressive too. For a guy who's like six one too, he could score on multiple levels. He understands too. Like everyone's so afraid that like oh the wrath of New York and Nick fans. He's from New Brunswick, and his dad will give him some peace in that, knowing he used to play there, knowing he's an assistant coach. Yeah. You want to talk about the Draymond incident? 
Wait, I wait, saw wait, he's wait. doing something with um, yeah, like an all access thing. My take on this is I understand like if you want to do your podcast like we do one like if you want to do that stuff off the court that's cool and all, and you might it might be tough love or whatever you at heart you love your teammates you can't sucker punch your teammates I'm sorry like you you can't especially nowadays oh the the camera shouldn't have gotten leaked so it makes it okay like no you can't you can't sucker punch your teammate and yeah no way you're wrong I mean. They were saying, oh, you know, it doesn't probably not a suspension. And then the next morning, it's just leaked everywhere. And like, you yeah. know, it's do you, it, do you take anything into the account with the whole Draymond Laker thing? Yes. And not just that, like I take into account this whole thing. So, OK. Here's the thing. They were like, oh, you know, we're not going to suspend him. The video comes out, and now everyone's like, "Wait, you know, bringing a whole human relation into it." Social like if it was media. like pushing, shoving, like like talking yeah. match that happens, but and, you, like, you punch them square in the face, and the dude, like, of course, everyone's like, "Wow, social media!" Everyone gets everything on camera, and it shouldn't matter. It, it the. The TMZ guy was like, I'm going to get a bag for this, and Draymond's going to get in trouble, knowing the uh, population of haters he has. But it's like, that's the thing, is, you know, you hear the athlete's point of view who have done interviews on it, like people in NBA Today, Richard Jefferson, all of them, former players, Kevin Love was saying it. This happens in practice. Yeah. And, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie talked about it. This happens. Now, was it completely a knockout and too far and going to hurt the relationship between them two? Yes, but they know what it takes to be great in doing what the goal is that they want to accomplish, which we just saw last year. It's, you know, it's this was outrageous the way it looked and the way it was publicized. And it's just like people ate this up, ate it up to a point where they were like, all right, he's definitely getting suspended. And the first thing I saw was like, you know, how everyone knows how much I love Dre on and off the court. It's just like, all right, um, now this is going to be bad one or he's not going to shy from the moment like he's going to explain it be real about it like he always does like he will you know admit what he did wrong and yeah. just beyond that just describe it and just open up about it pour his heart out um but the what people need to factor in more and you know you know you brought up the laker thing my whole point on it they already didn't want, like Jalen Rose said this, and I couldn't agree more. And he was like, they're both my brothers, and it broke my heart. They already didn't want to extend Draymond as it yeah. was. And we How saw. How old is he now? He's going to be like low 30s, right? He's going to be 33 in March, I want to okay. say. So he's not done yet, but he's not by any means young. And people were like, well, I'm sorry, what was I saying? First and foremost, they didn't want to extend him as it was. And 
me and you saw what happened with Durant in 2019, and he got suspended a game for hurting Kevin's feelings and not suspended a game for this is like what people are mad about. But it's like the fact that you didn't w- want to extend him as it was, and you know, he's kind of overpaid now as it is, despite his defensive abilities, is like he's got the player option next year, and now this put a, a ticking timer on his tenure in Golden State, I'm thinking. And, you know, they're going to miss him. And he's a big, important part, especially voice and leadership. But, you know, people are like, oh, they could – we've seen the way they develop people. They have J.K., Jonathan Kaminga, uh, Moses Mooney. Uh, what's his name? Wiseman looked great in the preseason. Oh, this guy extended. Yes, he's going to have a great year. And Wiggins. And – he got a contract too. Yes. We're going to talk about Jalen Brunson. Well, we saw what he did in the finals. People, the, the executives around the league, they'll value two way wings more than anyone. And we saw because that. So with, rare. We saw that with Jalen and Jason, like on the market, like we talked yeah. about. And uh, to the DeAndre Hunter point before, I've talked to you about how like his stealing with Atlanta is a huge part of what they're trying to do. And they've invested so much in him. Like we saw when he plays like through that conference final run, he can be there. He should be there, you know, at full potential, the third best player. He should be there, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. And you know, the Draymond thing was just outrageous, though. I knew he would be real about it. Um, you know, you have the athlete side, like I said, that's like this happens, but it's just the dark side of social media and People did not think it happened like that. That's for sure. I mean, ring nights tonight for them. They're going to be with each other's families. I bet be a lot of paparazzi of them to hugging them to talking. And like I said, they're capable. They know the job that needs to be done. So they all had a big meeting. You know, Steve Kerr said Looney was a big part of it. They even said they got emotional in the meeting. Um, you know, JP and Dre talked. So they're cool now. You know, they're not going to be as loving maybe as they once were, but like it's only going to grow over time. And this, like Steve Kerr said, he broke their trust, but they'll give him the benefit of the doubt because there's not many leaders like him in any sport, really. And it's just, all right, so they find him. I'm still a little surprised they didn't suspend him myself. And it was just nuts, man. No, I didn't expect it. And especially like a day later when they were like, oh, you know, we doubt he's going to be suspended. Like yeah. Bob Myers, the GM, was saying it. And then it was just everywhere, man. And everyone's like, oh, he's going to talk about it on his pod. But anyway, yeah, regarding the Laker thing, Stephen A said that. I could actually see it if there's any tie. Well, first of all, they're still going to have interest in Kyrie Irving. However, the Nets thing goes this year in the contract year. So one of the two they're going to be aiming for, I bet, especially yeah. with, see how Russ does on this vengeance tour. Um, But it's – I saw a clip of him when the Lakers hired Darvin Ham in the summer, and he praised Darvin Ham and was, like, thinking it was so amazing because the, he's also from Sh- Saginaw, Michigan, just like Draymond. And he was, like, he's the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers now. like praising it, saying how much he loved him, saying how much he knew him. So if any reason he'd maybe want to leave and go there, that's it right there. And of course, he's boys with Brown. Always has been, as everyone knows. 
And that was the ironic thing. It's like that video came out right after Braun or, and Mav Carter and Uninterrupted posted the shop episode with Draymond. Yeah. This came out. I wanted to mention this before the Draymond thing. Speaking of the Nets and Ben Simmons, how disgusting was that shot on the at the Brooklyn Park? Yeah, I don't. I don't I'm not gonna pile on him for that. It's just like how many times have you like taken like a random shot and just like missed it by like a thousand feet? Like, so it's, it, it shouldn't be a story. I, it was just funny though, you know. I mean, and I feel him when he's like, "Oh, everyone's airballing at the park." Like, it was he's really- right. Yes, but it's just. I mean, man, all the eyes in the world are on him more than anyone. Like the yeah. way he shot at the free throw line this preseason, turnovers. Like, yeah. we're still waiting for the proof. And I don't know if I said I maybe said it to you last pod. I don't think so. I watched his uh, interview with JJ on Old Man in the Three, and was awesome. As everyone knows, like if anyone's going to open him up, it's them. Like they're close. Him and JJ, even that guy Tommy's friends with him. But every and I, he was, you know, giving good answers, saying how he was mentally strong, but. My immediate reaction was like, "Are you, dude? Listen to it. I need you to listen to it because you would agree. You're gonna be like, are you delusional? (laughs) (laughs) Like he didn't admit any of his wrongs. He didn't talk about like he just said how his back was given out. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't say why he wanted out of Philly. Like he talked about what they were doing wrong, but he didn't say why he wanted out. And he didn't admit any of his wrongs. Like." Can you not be delusional and work on your free throws? And like, yeah, he was out. saying, like, like the you know, Doc Rivers has to take blame for this too. And I'm like, dude, you gave up on your team. He does, but like, it's not his fault that you shot 34% from the line that no one will ever shoot again. And I get it, you're going through something mentally and physically, but speak on it. Yeah. Talk about Tell it. Tell someone rather than just show up and deal with it head on when no one knows what's going on. Yeah. And like, <laughs> Yeah. I couldn't not say that. I knew we didn't yeah. talk about that. So um, before we get into the power rack, and speaking of the Lakers, uh, LeBron will probably break history this year. So um, I just love now how now points are undervalued, you know, because LeBron's going to do it. Now all of a sudden it's uh, not an accomplishment <laughs> if he uh, breaks the record because, you know, Michael Jordan. But um, no, but yeah, I just wanted to say that I LeBron will break it eventually. I just assist. don't know when. I'm pretty sure he's gonna pass what's his name and assist. But I'm I think I saw a track record that if he plays every game, it could happen by like January. But yeah. um no man, I definitely think we lowballed them when we did our standings. Like they could the Lakers? Yeah, what do we I they were like my ninth seed. Maybe you maybe it was you that said I have, maybe. I have them ninth. But like think, yeah, I'm gonna do this. Do you think the do you think they're better than the Nuggets? No, but like I do think if all goes well and they could appear in more than 21 games, and if Russ and AD do their job, their biggest thing is Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis can be available and perform yeah. like the MVP caliber candidate that everyone thinks he is and still one of the best players in the league, then they'll be fine. And if Russ can have a vengeance tour and yeah. really just gel it and you know, they lost Dennis three to four weeks, he's always got a knickknack, but Kendrick Nunn looked really good. Um in the preseason as well, like versatile can move the ball, can bring up the ball, play point and can shoot it. He's probably the best three point shooter besides Beverly on the team. I think okay, Beverly, so, 
based on what we know. Okay, so are they better than the Nuggets? No. Golden State. No. Dallas. No. Phoenix. No. Clippers. No. Grizzlies. No. New Orleans. No. Timberwolves. <laughs> I think they can be. So we'll say they could be. Trailblazers, Kings, Rockets, and then like Thunder, Spurs, Jazz. I think we know they're better than them. Maybe Trailblazers are a little, maybe might be, but that's my point. Good matchup. You can't like I say like oh he's like he's top five. It's like there can only be five guys in the top five. Like I think these teams are convincingly better than all like than the Lakers. They are what, what we know about them. It's just. Yes, and the standard that was set, and every game was a blowout, and they have a new coach and a new looking, you know, roster around them. But it's like it's all about their availability. It's kind of like the Nets, except like obviously the Nets have a higher ceiling at this point. But it's like, or you could argue that, but it's just if they could do their job. Like tonight is a huge game for them. Yeah. Everyone, the two most talked about teams in you the can't league. get blown out tonight. And, like, dude, the Draymond story, all the Russ talk, like, this is a huge second half of the doubleheader after the defending East champs take on Philly. Have to fit that in there. Well, I will I will say, though, like, it's not – like, if they lose, they get blown out. There will be overreactions, like, because, like, it is only one game. But, like, you can't continue to have the same issues bleed into this year. Like one game might not make the world, but you get into 15, 20 games, it's the same problems. Don't All of a sudden, it just becomes game. who you are. Don't get blown out tonight. Like, I yeah. expect both games to really be nail biters. Like, there's yeah. no reason why they shouldn't. And not for nothing, dude, we'll get into this. Like, or we'll, I'm going to brace over them in the power ranking. Like, I said it, I think I said it to you before we started recording before. Like, the, everyone thinks this is the year of Philly. So like I'm nervous. I mean I don't think it's the year of Philly, but it could be. Like well, we the Eagles them. look good. The Phillies are still in. I meant I the Sixers, but yeah, oh, they, yeah. Philadelphia sports are terrific yeah. right now. Do you want to you want to get yeah. into our power rankings? Yeah, you want to lead off. Uh yeah, I'm actually gonna do something so the viewers can see it. I'm gonna open this up because we're getting innovative here. There you go. All right. I'm just going to type in all the things. All right. So we're going to do Richie's power rankings. I know it doesn't look glamorous, but at least you guys can see it. So when we talk about it, it's easier. Okay. Hey, it's a holiday, man. Yes, sir. Okay. Four, so two hours, hours and 10 to one. Yes. All right. I can go one to 10. I mean, whatever you want. No, I'll go 10. Why can't – get away. Why is this here? <laughs> there we go. All right. And 10. Okay, so at 10, I got Memphis. I'll just do M-E-M. At 9, I got Denver. At 8, I got Brooklyn. At 7, I got Philly. At 6, I got – the Clip City, Chip City, whatever Wiley says. The Clippers. And then I got Phoenix at five. Dallas at four. Milwaukee at three. Boston at two. And the defending champion, Warriors, at one. Okay. Do you want me to talk on my team first? 
my eldest first? Sure. Okay. So I'm gonna make this bigger for all the people that have the font massive on their text messages. There we go. Nice. Look at that. Looks so nice, right? Um I think to start off with Golden State champions, preseason power rankings, they should be one. They didn't lose much. They lost Gary Payton, but that's not gonna sway me enough, obviously, to move them off one. Boston, yeah. despite everything that happened, they got better as a team, like not like take out coaching and all that stuff. And I think preseason power rankings, the one and two, unless they lose a star player, should be the previous finals run. You agree with that? Yeah, has been all summer, and I was telling you how we were the title favorite before the EMA stuff too. Yep, and then three, I got Milwaukee. I think, uh, you know, I think they're they'll be there like they always are. You know, they got Giannis and Middleton's out, but he'll they'll be fine. Drew Holiday's there. Um, yeah, it is gonna hurt. I forgot. I did see that yesterday. Yeah, but as long as you have Giannis, you'll have a shot. And then Dallas four. I you said someone had them sixteenth. That doesn't make sense to me at all. I know they lost Brunson, and that might hurt them more than they think. But at the same time, they still have Luka Doncic, who's arguably a top five player in the NBA. And yes. Phoenix is five. I don't feel good about it. I think they got a lot going on, and not a lot like like Jay Crowder might get traded. Did he get traded? No, right. No, but I don't think they're gonna miss him much anyway. Cam like, Johnson's gonna play a good yeah, role. They got him. The whole Chris Paul's getting older. The owner, like, and I know I said that with Boston, but Phoenix didn't get better. Like the Boston added Brogdon. Uh, six, I got the Clippers. I feel good about this pick, although I don't think John Wall should start. I think it should be Reggie Jackson because he's on my fantasy team. Reggie is. Did you see he it? Is? Oh, he is good. Fantasy team. Uh, they announced it like two nights ago. Probably uh, my. Seven Philly might be a little low, but at the same time, I think like what we saw from them is the what we know. I think Montrez Howe is a very good fit to back up and bead compared to like years past with the centers they've had. Yeah, like Dwight and DeAndre. Oh, Aaron Judge gone. Four nothing Yankees now. The Judge and Judgey and Bless, whatever they say. They're going nuts in the Bronx. The Yankees. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Brooklyn, eighth, I don't trust them at all. I have Denver, nine, even though I have them first in the standings. I just think when it comes to preseason power rankings, that's like they got boat raced by Golden State. And then I have Memphis, 10, over Miami. I just think John Morant is better than any player on the Heat. And I don't know, like... The Heat, like, every year are going to be, like, a fringe top 10 team until they play, and then they'll be, like, a three-seed for some reason. And I just, like, rosters, constructions-wise, I think Memphis has got a slight edge over Miami. That's my 10, and uh, what are your thoughts? So, if you want me to give the thoughts on yours, I like it. I mean, Denver's low and Philly's low, if anything. You think anyone should be in it that's not? Like, do you think, like, Miami should be in it? No, because I also debated – I'll go 1 to 10, but I also debated the Heat instead of the Grizzlies. And also, let's remember, Jaron Jackson is out four to six months – or was in the summer. I'll probably be back January himself. 
But I do think, like I said to you when we did our standings, that teams could leap Miami. But I do think Miami is out for vengeance. Like, I think Jimmy and Bam are going to be terrific. Maybe Lowry's a little more in shape, actually. And Hero finally just got paid. But yeah. Um, Me too. I have the Warriors. It's really, you know, I. You have Golden State one? Huh? You have Golden State one? Yeah. So it's like. You know, we'll probably be a little more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? A little more. Provide a little more security for his starters and uh, not, you know, ramp up the minutes for the core that much when it, you know, tonight there will be between probably like Wiggins and, you know, the yeah. bright spots, but not crazily. But yeah, they they got DiVincenzo fits. Like I yeah, said, yeah, in Milwaukee, you have Milwaukee too. Boston, Boston too. Okay, DiVincenzo. It's uh, obviously if it's going to work anywhere, it's there. Kind of like Wiggins, um, not as good, but they yeah they lost Peyton, but like again, Draymond's all right. Their trust is only going to be growing back. Steph, obviously, you have him, and he just handles everything and. All, all, all we were seeing was articles that's like, oh, you're going to be, you know, the unsung hero through this too, through this situation that we're going through and the train's going to keep moving. But, you know, Wiseman, Green. So Golden State, Boston, us, yeah, the email thing. But I moved past the coach, like I said, if anyone loves Joe. I know the, the thing that sucked is obviously, you know, if he did – very very wrong he deserves it but it's like that's the sad thing is as you saw last year through that whole finals run like he looked like a great piece for what they're trying to build uh for our special team moving forward um so they're all on board with joe they love him like i said they look amazing in preseason all their players do especially brogdon makes the offense just really look so much simple you'll see it later tonight um, the thing I was, as we were leaving, you know, has training camp proceeded and as we left August, the thing, or not August, September, um, that's the thing that bothered me the most was the Rob news, obviously yeah. that, that about him and that I think if anything hurts them, that's it right there. And the rebounding and if anything that they showed in the preseason, that's it, that, you know, you'll miss Rob on the glass a bit, but that's the them at two. I think if anything hurts it's Rob, but their security should be good. Excited for Blake, like I said, for the time he plays. Clips three. Uh, you can mix and match the starting point guard. I expect Norman Powell to be the starting two. He's been scorching. Morris, uh, they're going to run Zubak a lot with the second unit. It was tough. Obviously, Clips box three, four, but I everyone knows I love the Clips, so I'll keep him at three. Um, for Milwaukee, you know, they Chris is going to miss some time to tip the season off. We got another great doubleheader with featuring them on uh, Thursday. I believe it's them. Forget what the second game is, but I know it's them and Philly. Oh, Lakers Clippers and them and Philly. Um, you know, Bobby Portis will get, you know, see his play improve. Brooke Lopez is healthy. 
think Pat Connaughton might be hurt, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, we've seen what Holiday uh, is capable of. I think Giannis is hungry. Of course, Chris is whenever he comes back. At five, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, obviously, like I just said to you, a lot of people think it's the year of them. They maximize Harden's comfort to the best of their abilities. Him and his best friend, Daryl Morey, says he lost that much weight. You know, Harrell was with Doc in L.A. too, besides Houston with Harden. They got Daniel House from Houston. P.J. Tucker is really going to be amazing for them, really. They needed defense, and he is the leader that they need as well. Um, Eric Spolster said it throughout their playoff run, you know, arguably the most unselfish player ever and a great voice to have. Um, Melton is just like a tear-it-up guy in the playoffs, like, you know, he's just, like, gritty, stuff like that. Um, he's a good fit. But they're going to have an interesting roster. It's all up to James and how he performs. Obviously, Embiid could have another MVP year. Dallas, uh, like you said, um, you know, people think they're going to lose or they're going to be worse because of the Brunson thing, obviously. But me and you, some people think – Probably think we may have them high. We may have them a little low. I mean, you have them really high. Four. I think that's perfect. I'm at six. Dinwiddie starting or coming off the bench. I do think he should start at the two next to Doncic, but he could be like 60, 70% of Bronson. We saw that in Brooklyn. We saw that in the beginning of his Wizards run. Um, he fills the sheet too. He shoots well. Just going to work as their secondary ball handler assists. Tim Hardaway Jr. is coming back. Good shooter. Uh, their defensive guy is, you know, basically Klebs and Dorian Finney-Smith. They'll be nice. Uh, I don't think we've talked about this since we've last done the pod, how Wood's coming off the bench, which I think we did. We talked about that. We did? All right. Uh, McGee, you know, you've heard me praise him with his experience with the championships. He's defensive-minded first, probably better than Wood. And obviously, regardless, Wood will lead the front court in minutes. And he probably will be the second option, if not Dinwiddie. I know they like uh, Josh Hardy or Hardy or Jalen Hardy, whatever his name is. I'm having a Garrett Wilson moment. <laughs> I don't um, know. I know it's Josh Green. I, I, I think it's Jalen Hardy. But he, um, they're going to be nice. Uh, they bulked up, like I said to you. I think Brunson, I'm sorry, not Brunson, Dinwiddie or Wood will be the number two option. For this team, I think Dinwiddie will really surprise and be good for them. Like we saw as game winners last year, and we saw how high they are on him and how fit he is. He really should start at the two, but, you know, block, you know, him from the next three and day. Nuggets, arguably everyone's biggest sleeper this year. Um, Bruce Brown, nice activity for them. Uh, great player next to Jokic with his cutting. Uh, Bones Highland, KCP, who they've been so high on years, also amazing fit next to Jokic, his 3 and D ability, and he could also cut to the rim. Also champion, who's won. Uh, he's their starting two. We've talked about this before. Um, But just overall, getting Murray and Porter back is the biggest key, of course, as you know. Um, Bones Highland has been nice this preseason. They could be even higher than seven. I have Brooklyn at eight. So everyone knows just all the availability. Ben Simmons 
please just be out there, even if you're not playing great. Kyrie as well. Uh, you know, you've been saying for about two months now how you're never going to stop playing and how you're acting like the best teammate ever. And um, it's just, he, like we said, he looked more sane than KD. I just wrote a huge story on him. Everybody go check it out. Fucking had to curse there. Really is fucking amazing. <laughs> um, for the human relation that I brought into it with the whole vaccine, uh, uh stuff like that, and his mindset and Katie's mindset. But yeah, huge story I did on him. If they could just do their job, everyone knows about their potential. Um, they really got no rim protection besides Claxton. Dayron Sharp still has to prove himself. Uh, some preseason clips I've seen Simmons get bodied by Biggs. Uh, I'll tell you real quick. There was just a triangle pop up for the Yankees. They they like they didn't catch it, but they collided, and Josh Donalds, not Josh Donaldson, Oswaldo Carrera and Aaron Hicks just banged knees. Ow! That, was, that did not look fun to watch. Mm. All right, go on. Sorry, I was giving my my play by play update. Hopefully they're all right. Hopefully we get a tribe comeback. Um, yeah, I don't want to be hurt though, but. Was painful. Yeah. yeah, let's get some runs on the board, Cleveland. Um, but yeah, it's just they really have no rim protection besides Claxton. Could have a good year, still improving, still growing. Dayron Sharp as well. Uh, Marquise Morris is off the bench. He could play some five or front court big minutes. Good shooter for Ben. Great shooters for Ben. Seth, Joe, Harris when he's back. T.J. Warren. Uh, Royce O'Neal. So, yeah, everyone knows how great they could be once they get it together. Phoenix is nine for me. Um, yeah, like you said, everything they got going on. Chris is obviously going to be amazing. So is Devin. I bet DeAndre's play, at least on the court, will be special. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think he's going to have like an all star year or nothing or anything crazy, but he will be really good. And like I said, Crowder is a great vet for every team he's been on, but. With Cam Johnson's starting play and his numbers like 16, 17 a game and shooting percentages as a starter, he's only improving too. He's only 26. So nine is um, Phoenix for me. Ten, I have Memphis as well. I don't want to put Miami because I think they'll, like I said, teams like Cleveland, teams that are fighting have a chance to be I even have Cleveland in the top ten, but I guess maybe that's because of its preseason power rankings. You know what? Screw um, it. Memphis, you're gone. Cleveland, 10. All right. I mean, I like the opinion. I like Memphis, too. But I'm high on Cleveland. I got to be high on them everywhere. Yes, sir. That's my, my top 10. Should I try? Is there a way? No. Okay, I'm going to try and make this pretty, but who cares? All right, guys. If you guys want to take a picture of this and send it to your friends to make fun of us, go ahead. This will also be on our Instagram and TikTok. I'll put our conversation on this on there. And then, um, but this is our top tens. Uh, the reason why I just changed out Cleveland for Memphis or Memphis for Cleveland is because I'm just very high on the way their team is built. Like, I think Donovan Mitchell was a perfect fit for them because he's a, a premier scorer, something they don't really have. Because, like, Evan Mulby's a rim protector, even though he can score. Jared Allen's a rim protector. Garland's a playmaker. Levert is a bench guy, I think, for them. So, like, they needed yeah. that last piece. So, I think that was a really good spot for them. But uh, I think he's coming out of the game 
Aaron Hicks. Someone really to just relieve uh, Garland and someone else that can have the ball in their hands in closing yeah. time. Yeah, so uh, let us know in the comments what you feel about this. Uh, I think that's it, though. I think uh, that that's it for the last preseason pod. <laughs> so, really, um, our first one, last off-season pod. So, what do you call it? Um, my big news. I didn't sign with anyone. Like, we're not like, not even remotely close to that type of podcast yet. But for my personal self, I know Rob might have something in the future too, but I'll hold him to that for himself. I am going to be starting a baseball show once a week, 30 to 40 minutes, just by myself, just talking ball. I don't know when I'm going to start yet. I'm contemplating either right before the World Series or start of offseason. Let me know what you guys think I should do. I think I personally think all season would be good because it's a clean slate, but at the same time is was better than the world series. So let me know. I'll write it in the comments too. This clip will also be on TikTok. I'll we're, we're trying to make some moves here, trying to do some great things, but um, yeah, that's um, that was my big news and bye whiteboard. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. We had a couple weeks off. You were obviously working a lot. Also, give me a name for the pod, for the show. I don't know what to name it. It's going to be available on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, everything. Same thing, and um, also YouTube. I'm going to make it. I'm going to use my my personal account for that. Uh, and let me know if you want me to make YouTube videos as well. I might do a, a bunch of things. Uh, I'm really going, trying to get into it. I, I really enjoy doing it. I just I'm trying to think of ideas. It's basically what's holding me up right now. Yeah, man. Two more hours. Yep. And uh, the guards, the Guardiac kids, as people call them, have the bases loaded, one out, and Jose Ramirez is up. Probably their best player. And yes. it sucks that the, this guy that got in second was because of Aaron Hicks, but that, that looked very painful. That His knee went like in a uh... – Yeah. I don't like the Yankees, but I don't – just I don't like pain, and I feel bad for guys that get hurt. You still got to watch the Hayward video. I can't believe you no, haven't seen it. Nope. Nope. I'd rather drink a bottle of beer. Like, it's, kinda, <laughs> it's just crazy. You no. have to see. Uh, no. How do you have – I'm watching – I'm binge-watching. Do you know the show Chicago Fire? Yeah, my dad watches it. I'm binge-watching it right now. When they see – I see blood. I, like, basically throw up in my mouth. I, like, turn away. Like, the bone's sticking out. I'm like, ah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like – it's just the way it's – going in direction really in the noise you hear that's it that that's what makes it worse though is when you I hear think it's, the, like, it's like mm. it's like makes you cringe if i could watch it if i could watch it like 20 times like you could watch it <laughs> i'm good on that i'm good i'm not watching. uh and i'm not right, saying so... i'm not trying to sound weird and be like oh like no you're not it alone was there like nuts but my thing was like I just like think back to the moment and just put myself in the mindset when I couldn't believe the moment it happened. Yeah. Uh, freshman year OCC in my room. <laughs> do you, um, do you have any ideas for names for uh, my show coming up? I, I can't, I don't want to be the Richie Dordis show. So like, I'm trying to think of something clever. I would have to think of it. Oh my God. I thought you just hit a grand slam. 
He pulled a foul. I thought he was just like, wow. Imagine. Yeah, 2 2 count. This is a big, this is a big hit. This is a big, this is a big, like, big moment in this game. Let's see. What inning is it? The third. So, 2 2 count, one out, bases loaded. Nestor comes to his set. He kicks, he deals, and. We need the pitch clock, man. These postseason games, it'll be like two hours in, and it's the fourth or third. The sack fly. All right, so now it's first and third. Two by the way, by the well, way, to the audience, what the? We got a sock viewing. That is not what I had. It's that time of year. You there? Not that I ever. Okay. Not that I ever took off. Not that I ever took off the socks, but yeah, it is that time of year. <laughs> All right, I think that's a good way place where we can end this. Uh. Enjoy basketball tonight. Enjoy baseball. Enjoy football. Enjoy hockey. All sports are in right now, but tonight specifically is basketball time. This will literally, I think, come out at nine o'clock ish. So, like, the Celtics team might be over by then, but it'll be out for the for tomorrow. So, you know what? Enjoy, guys. I hope you guys really enjoy this episode, and we will see you guys next week. I appreciate all your love and support. So is Rob, I know, and uh, see you guys next yes. week. Yes, sir. Text the path. See you later.